Hello, welcome to Community Difference Makers, brought to you by Bankers Trust. I'm your host, Emily Abbas. And today we have Greater Des Moines Partnership President and CEO, Tiffany Tauchek with us. Good morning, Tiffany. Morning, Emily. Thanks so much for having me. Tiffany, I've been looking forward to this discussion and no doubt our listeners have as well. So thank you so much for joining us. I know you have a busy schedule. And while we'll mostly be discussing today what you learned on your listening tour after being named to the role President and CEO of the Greater Des Moines Partnership, as well as all of the areas of focus that you launched recently at your partnership annual dinner, let's start with a little history for those who may not be as familiar with your organization. You and I know that today the partnership's an economic and community development powerhouse in the region, but it always hasn't been that way. It's hard to remember what it was like before. There was a time when the partnership was really like any other chamber in the country. Why don't you help listeners understand what changed, how large your organization is today, what the structure is, and whether that's still really unique compared to what other cities have set up? You bet. Well, the Greater Des Moines Partnership existed in various forms since 1888, but we became the Greater Des Moines Partnership in 1999. And that was because a group of regional leaders saw a need and opportunity to have a regional economic development and community development organization. We heard feedback at that point that a lot of organizations were involved with and investing in numerous different organizations. So those leaders decided, you know what, it makes most strategic sense to combine those and have a very focused organization on economic development and community development. So that's how the partnership really came to be. And today, our organization continues to be really unique. In fact, it's a model that nationally, other chambers and economic development organizations reach out to us almost on a weekly basis, still asking, how did we do it? And how our community and region is able to work together so uniquely. And it's in part because the partnership is truly powered by more than 400 investors. So these are different organizations that invest in our organization because they want to make Greater Des Moines a top place for businesses and for people. But in addition to that, we have 23 affiliate chambers of commerce who are a part of our overall network. So through those affiliate chambers, we have more than 6,500 business members. So this makes us the fourth largest regional chamber of commerce in the entire country. And that really matters because our voice is louder, stronger together. And collectively, the partnership now represents 11 counties, which also is inclusive of about 850,000 residents. So when we're looking to make an impact, it's a lot better and easier to do with that stronger focus and one voice. You have came into this role with the experience of already serving the Greater Des Moines Partnership for about eight years in various leadership roles. Tell us about your history with the organization and, and why you're passionate about this work. Your passion comes through uh, whenever you talk about the partnership. So tell us more about that. Thanks, Emily. I appreciate that. I think so much of it is about having a strong team around you. And I know you are a believer in that as well. But I was fortunate to start at the partnership in 2015 as the chief communications officer. And after working on marketing comms throughout the organization with a really stellar marketing comms team, I had the opportunity to lead our fundraising efforts as part of our five-year investor campaign. And after that campaign went well, the idea was to promote me to chief strategy officer. And that continued to go really well as working across the organization with different departments throughout and then working very, very closely with our investors. 
that went well, and I was promoted to lead the Downtown DSM, Inc., which is a subsidiary of the partnership, and then also be Chief Operations Officer of the partnership. So through, through these years and different experiences, have been, again, fortunate to work alongside really fantastic team members and a great number of investors and affiliates and members throughout. But the role as President and CEO, I've been in that seat now since July. And again, continue to have the great opportunity to work with very strong volunteer leaders as well as a strong team and working closely with our affiliates and members throughout the region as well. I love when succession planning goes as planned, and this is just such a great example of you having the experience and promotions along the way and leadership roles to just be ready to step in when asked to serve. As you said, you began serving in that CEO role in July, and you made a really interesting choice, a great choice, a choice that a lot of leaders make in a way to invest your time at first. And, and what I'm referring to is your listening tour. Why did you make that decision? And tell us about those discussions and what you learned along the way. I think that was over 300 discussions. Am I right? 375 <laughs> is the final okay. count. But yes. You know, to your point about the succession plan, I think that's really important and it's a takeaway I think for any of our organizations throughout the region is when you have a strong board who believes in having a succession plan and you have a great leader like Jay Byers continues to be, but now in a new seat, there's that buy-in and support on helping team members really continue to learn and grow inside the organization. And I am a proponent of that still to this day, really believe in doing all we can to help team members grow, hopefully inside the organization, but also understand sometimes that growth comes outside the organization. It was important to me as the new president and CEO to make sure that even though I've been in the organization for eight years, that I was reminding myself that it's a new seat and I need to have a new and fresh perspective. And that means I need to embark on this 11 county listening tour and go out and meet face-to-face -face with our investors, affiliates, small business owners, policymakers, educators, and really hear from them in their own words on what we do well and what we can do better. And that helped us shape our go forward plan. As you mentioned, we had more than 375 conversations and certainly partnership team members joined me in, in a lot of those conversations. So they were also able to hear and see firsthand what our investors and members and affiliates are thinking, feeling, and believing. So after all those conversations, so again, literally hundreds of face-to-face -face conversations, we really heard some similar themes throughout. And one is over and over again, we heard the partnership needs to focus on economic development and community development and have public policy as a supporting strategy. We also heard it was the first time in a long time that I had heard what I would frame as an eagerness from our rural, suburban, and urban community leaders to work together and understanding the power that we have as a region in working together. So that eagerness to have even stronger connections throughout the region. And we also heard our stakeholders want our help with sharing their story. And as you know, storytelling is critical, not just to our region, but to those organizations and to help residents see themselves in the work and see themselves in the progress of the community. So we also heard consistent themes throughout, and these are national issues as well, that we as a region need to continue to focus on attracting workforce, retaining workforce, as well as housing, childcare, and education. 
Those are some strong themes. Before I, I follow up with a couple of questions, I love that you gave Jay Byers a shout out. So shout out to Jay, who's now president at Simpson College and was in your seat for many years before you were. Also a shout out to your team. And I won't name everyone here. I'll give you a chance to give your team a shout out as well. But what I loved the most and what's a testament to your leadership style is on this tour, it wasn't Tiffany alone. You took your team with you. You took different groups and you let them hear and be a part of that story. So just quick shout outs to Janae, Courtney, Andrea, and other members of the partnership team. I'm fortunate to get to know and work with many of you as well. And when it comes to the themes you shared with us, are there any affiliate members or communities or chambers that are addressing some of these challenges or areas of focus already, um, good work already in progress to build upon? Yes, that was also really inspiring. And I think that's where we can leverage that storytelling is to inform and inspire. Some examples we heard for childcare specifically was the Sprouts Early Learning Academy in Carlisle. They're working closely with retirees as well as students at the high school to help with their learning center. And it's going incredibly well. It's a model that other communities can look at and perhaps borrow some ideas and shape it in a way that works for their own community. We heard from Knoxville, their veterans district for the development specific to housing is a fantastic partnership between Marion County and the city of Knoxville. They're redeveloping a 152-acre site on the former Veterans Hospital site. So there will be residential neighborhoods, a park, and so much more. So again, that's a unique partnership that's been formed to help address the housing opportunity that they have in Marion County. And then storytelling, there are many, many projects. Emily, you are involved in many of these too as a volunteer and as a leader at Bankers Trust. But the International Airport, Des Moines International Airport Terminal Project continues to be a huge area of focus for all of us in the region. It was the number one thing, and according to our investors, that they wanted us to get this done. Icon Water Trails continues to have a great deal of momentum and success. Just receiving another grant just recently. We have the Market District in downtown DSM, the Grimes Hope Entertainment District, and the Grimes Plex the 13th Street District in Marshalltown, the Urbandale Community Recreation Complex, the Sapphire Lake Project in Grinnell, which is so, so exciting. The Johnston Gateway District, again, the Veterans District, which we touched on about in Knoxville, the Legacy Plaza in Newton, the, the Norwalk Central Project with those smart ball fields. I know we've been a beneficiary of that just with my kiddos being able to experience that firsthand. The beautiful new DMU campus in West Des Moines, the Southeast Connector Project, just won $34 million federal grant. Very soon to be announced, project with Drake and their stadium specifically, so more to come on that. But those are just a few of the projects that we learned more about and that we've participated in throughout 2023 and prior. And we look forward to really leaning into continuing to help with those placemaking projects the large, the really big ones, and also the small ones, because even those small placemaking projects in a community that is smaller has a big impact. And we understand that, and we want to help them with getting the word out about those small projects, too. Well, there you go. There's storytelling in action. Uh, you promised that to your investors, and they're the messages that you're sharing, even just the handful that you rattled off. Maybe that's a fun end of podcast game, Tiffany. How many projects can Tiffany name in one minute? But um, you uh, rattled off so many, and you probably could go on for hours. There are thousands and thousands of great things going on, and you and I are both proud Bulldogs, so I'm really excited to hear about what's next on the important Drake campus. 
So my follow-up question is, how are you and your team incorporating some of these themes into your future work? These are some of the things that were already in progress that you've touched on. What's next? What has changed because of what you've heard? Well, we just rolled out very recently our 2024 strategic priorities, which we can dive into. But overall, you're really going to see our team lean into focusing on economic development and talent development with public policy as a supporting strategy. We're going to work to connect and strengthen those connections with the rural, suburban, and urban leaders and areas. And soon we're going to begin to implement a new community integration strategy that's being led by Andrea Woodard. She is the right person to lead this strategy. She is a relationship-centered individual and leader, and I can think of no one better to lead this, and she's already doing a great job. We're going to have an opportunity to get into those communities that we represent throughout the 11 counties in a more intentional and ongoing way, certainly through Andrea, but also through other team members throughout the partnership who are going to raise their hand and say, yeah, I want to be a community liaison and work and partner more closely with those communities throughout the 11 counties, which also gives us access to information and storytelling. Because we're going to have those strong relationships, we'll be able to help them tell their stories in a more ongoing way. And the other thing that we're going to do in 2024 that's new and different is our regionalism summit. So we'll be rolling out more about this very soon, but our goal is to convene leaders from around those 11 counties in one place We'll have some different tracks for them to follow and lean in on key issues and opportunities that we're hearing about from those leaders in those communities. So, and then I just wrap it up saying, Emily, you know this as a very strong leader, the listening never ends, right? It's up to us yeah. to continue to listen and learn as we go and want to make sure that certainly partnership team, but also our investors and our affiliates and members feel empowered to continue to share with us what they're hearing and their feedback along the way, and of course, where we can be helpful. Absolutely. Very, very good point. We can never stop listening. Good reminder for everyone. You know, switching gears just a bit, every January, we look forward to the Partnerships Annual Dinner that includes celebrations of the past year's success, and you provide a look into the future plans. It is the event to kick off the year, and even as we were filling our Bankers Trust table, I remember one of my coworkers saying to me, oh, this is my favorite event that I go to every year. I never miss it. It's the right people in the room, and we just all enjoy it so much. By the numbers, or however you'd like to share the successes that you've had, what are you most proud of from 2023 that you shared at that dinner? I know there's always a great video recap with lots and lots of numbers, but which do you want to lift up today? Yes. Well, thanks for that, and thanks for attending the annual dinner. And please tell everyone else on your team, thank you for attending. So just a quick shout out to all those did take the time out of their evenings to be there. Our team, I'm so proud of our team and what they created in bringing together almost 1,200 leaders from around the region in one room to share and celebrate our collective successes was really, really fantastic. It was one of the largest attendance events that we've had in a long time for the partnership. We even added tables, those sold out. We added more tables, those sold out. And then we had to just say, sorry, we can't fit anymore. <laughs> but it was a really, really wonderful way to celebrate our region overall and all of the great contributions that many leaders before us put in place and put in motion. Here are some of the key stats that I want to lift up specific to economic development. Really strong year for economic development for the region. We helped secure more than 30 different projects. We also launched a new DSM RFI Ready program, and it highlights 
from across the region, different sites that are ready for development. So that really helps in getting those sites developed faster because we're ready to go. And our team is really leaning in and working closely with our regional partners on that. So we already have 19 sites that we've identified and it really helps position us in a strong way nationally as well. Talent and economic development campaigns. Courtney and her team have done a fantastic job partnering of course with Janae Sicking who leads our talent and inclusive strategies and Stacey Levon, who's leading economic development. This last year at this event, we unveiled a new campaign that was all about economic development and talent attraction campaigns. And it was really about marketing Greater Des Moines to those prospective businesses and residents that would have the propensity to move here. And that theme that we announced that we are still maintaining is do something greater. And of course, the greater is Greater Des Moines. And this campaign led to hundreds of thousands of people from across the nation and the world learning more about our region. And it really helped set that table for continued success and focus in 2024. So you're gonna see more of that, more of the Do Something Greater campaign throughout 2024 as well, but placemaking projects. So I listed quite a few already that have some great momentum and continued success. The airport is one that we will point to and be very proud of. And that is the fact that they held a groundbreaking for its new terminal project in 2023. And Polk County voters overwhelmingly voted to support that project through a bond referendum. This project, as noted prior, was identified by partnership investors as the number one most needed game changer in the region. And as the voters demonstrated, there is broad support for this project. Also, the state of Iowa, Prairie Meadows, Polk County, and the 19 cities and counties throughout the region supported the Des Moines International Airport Project, which is again, really unique. And we receive calls from around the region, people asking other economic development organizations asking, how do you do it? Well, it comes down to the people, the fact that we are willing to band together as a region to get stuff done. And then it really sets us apart nationally as well. And that helps us as we're working with site selectors and others trying to attract business. They see that we work cooperatively and collaboratively to get things done. So Icon Water Trails, another huge, huge project for the region that continues to have a lot of momentum. They held their groundbreaking at Scott Avenue. So you'll actually be able to surf on the river right there in that site. So very, very excited about the future and continued success and momentum with ICON as well. Small business growth. We know that small business is imperative to the future of our region and community. And so we continue to have a focus on small business and actually expanded our small business support through our Scale DSM and Spark DSM programs that were really designed to help add to the economic vitality and that unique sense of place to our region overall while also helping our neighbors. These are our neighbors starting their own business and we want to help them grow and thrive in that business. So we're really appreciative of all the support that we've received from our partners in those, including Wells Fargo on the Scale DSM Accelerator Program and looking forward to that program again in 2024. Capital Crossroads, and again, Emily, you're very familiar with our regional vision plan and certainly one of the leaders we're looking to as we move this into the next phase. We partnered with a number of community organizations and businesses and cities and counties to launch the next iteration of Capital Crossroads. And I'm really grateful to the leadership of the tri-chairs who helped throughout that planning process. So Terry Caldwell-Johnson, Angela Connolly, and Dan Houston. 
And then finally, I'll just note the Iowa caucuses. That's a big heavy lift for Catch Des Moines, for the Iowa Event Center team, for the hospitality community overall. And our team has been a partner in all of that work to help support the hospitality industry and really helping get the word out to those media from around the world while they are here in our community about what our community has to offer. So we worked with 1,200 national and international media through the Iowa caucuses and had a really unique opportunity to showcase our region while they were here and had the media center at the Iowa Event Center, which was a huge hit, especially it was a little chilly that night, if you recall. So it was a great place for all the media to be in one area and a great way for us to network with them, which will help us with future storytelling opportunities and PR pitches. Wow. I think you and your team accomplished more in the month of January than some people do in a full year. And what a great list of accomplishments from the last seven months or so. Great look back, great momentum on things that will continue to show up in our community, grow in our community, flourish in our community. I'm most excited about the surfing, so I'm not sure how I'll do on a surfboard, but I can't wait to go watch it. Maybe I'll take my kids. You know, and you and I have talked several times, and you just have so much excitement for the work ahead and so much energy, and I just can't wait to see how you build upon that. Another popular event by the partnership is your Washington, D.C. trip every spring in May. I'm excited to tag along for the first time this year. What's the purpose of this unique trip and who should consider attending? Well, Emily, we are so glad you are joining us. So thank you for that. We do have a great opportunity to connect leaders at this fly-in. So, you know, we have 175 or so leaders from around the region that hop on a chartered plane that we've arranged and fly into DC and have a great opportunity, certainly to network with one another, but also to get some work done and connect with our congressional delegation. So it's a very unique opportunity for those business communities, civic leaders all to work together and connect and also to promote our region. Our fly-in, DMDC, is one of the most popular and <laughs> known by certainly our congressional delegation, but also others throughout Congress, and it's one of the largest fly-ins of an organization like ours. So it's one that we're certainly very proud of. Ryan Moon is leading that initiative as the Director of Government Relations and Public Policy, working very closely with Amelia Klotz, our Director of Events and of course the whole partnership team, but it is a fantastic experience. Our team makes it so that it is simple and easy for you as an attendee and definitely highly recommend it. Talk to anybody who's been on the trip before and I'm pretty certain they're gonna tell you it's a worthwhile use of time and energy, but really, really hope others can join us. It's May 8th through 10th this year. Registration's available on our website but we would certainly love to have some new leaders attend this event, as well as those who, who have been on this for many years. And I think this is year 14 for me. It's a great event and worthwhile. 14 years. Any favorite memories or stories from DMDC trips that you want to share? Well, I think my first year when we got off the plane and entered the ballroom for lunch, the Nadas were playing live <laughs> and in person. And I just thought, this is so cool. And certainly that's just one example. Every year, our team works to create a special experience that you wouldn't just have any other place. So can't share with you yet the bells and whistles that the team is working on for this year, but it's going to be worth it. And I guarantee you're going to walk away with better and stronger and more relationships, but also you're going to feel even more energized about the great work that we collectively do in the region. 
Great. Well, I can't wait. So I won't let you ruin any surprises. I'll come good. on as Thank an you. attendee. I just have one other question before we let you go. And hopefully you think this is a fun one. You've been in the public eye for a lot of years, first as a reporter in TV news, followed by other highly visible roles. And now as president and CEO, what's something most people don't know about Tiffany Tachek? <laughs> There's probably a lot people don't know about me, actually, and that's okay with me, but I'll share one nugget with you, Emily, and your listeners. So I grew up in Creston, so small town, southwestern Iowa, and my dad owned a sporting goods store. So I spent most of my childhood working in the sporting goods store. It was called The Pier. So I worked with customers to help them with picking out their fishing, hunting, and outdoor gear. Even as a young kid, one of my first jobs in the pier was counting night crawlers and sorting them into styrofoam cups to sell, and then cleaning out our crawdad tanks because we sold live bait as well. So there's many stories that I could share from the pier, but yeah, that's the big thing most people don't know about me is I actually started out working in my dad's sporting goods store. Awesome. I cannot wait to beg you to pull out pictures from uh, that, I don't know about that. that era. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for all you do when it comes to economic and community development, public policy. No one speaks better than you do about the power of how our region needs to continue to come together and be even stronger in order to make our community a top place for both businesses and people, as you said. It's amazing how your team represents 400 investors, 850,000 residents and count me in as part of Team DSM USA. I think I told you the other day, I, I did take one of the cute little red DSM USA pennants from the Partnership Dinner Centerpiece and I'm proudly have that in my office next to all of my Drake gear. So I'm all in. I'm excited to be a part of this change that continues to make our community better. So thank you. And thank you, Emily, and thank you for also chairing, co-chairing our downtown DSM board. Emily, you've been a longtime leader in the community and certainly advocate of the partnership. You were my chair when I was chief communications officer. You were chair of the communications board. So I think, again, looking at leaders like you and how you've advanced in your career, part of the reason I hope that you've been able to do that is because of just the strong relationships that we have collectively been able to form through through the partnership, through our affiliates, through our members. But kudos and thank you to you for your continued leadership. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for always asking. And it's fun to look back at past involvement and I'm more excited about future involvement as well. Also, thank you to our listeners. Remember, you can find our podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, or bankerstrust.com backslash community difference makers. Bankers Trust, equal housing lender, member FDIC.